0: guys with me today we have mariners pitcher travis Kuhn. travis how you doing today
1: pretty good man excited to be here uh good to have some contact with some people
0: oh yeah it's it's been tough we're almost out of it though we're almost out of it but once again really appreciate you for doing this let's get let's just get right into it so first question i have is when did you really figure out that your main position was going to be a pitcher
1: uh, for me, uh, most of my high school career, I was an outfielder. It wasn't until my senior year that, uh, pitching kind of really became a priority for me. Um, for the most part, I went through, I was, a, I was a pretty good outfielder, but at the end of the day, the consistency was pretty bad. So I had a high school coach tell me like, Hey, really your only path where you're going to be able to play and, uh, see that consistency is probably going to be, off the mound because uh, you got a gift with your arm. So uh, I got sent back down to JV my junior year to kind of figure out how to pitch and uh, made my first varsity start basically my senior year. And uh, from that point on, it was just – that was what I was rolling with, kind of set down the bat, set down the prize. I got
0: you. Nice. All right, who was your idol player growing up?
1: Uh, growing up, uh, when I was real young, I used to watch a lot of Angels games. Um, that was kind of my hometown team. And I uh, got to watch Vladdy towards the end of his career, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. towards the end of his career. And uh, Griffey would come down to Anaheim a lot and uh, do some damage against us. So it was one of those things where I uh, really wasn't a huge fan of him at the time because he was against my team. But at the same time, it was just I really appreciated watching him play. And, uh, but yeah, and then kind of evolving from that. Once I got into high school, I started looking at, um, obviously one of the greatest players of all time, just being able to watch him kind of grow up in his generations. Awesome. Um, and then watching other talented players, Chris Bryant, uh, once I got into college, he was a guy that went to my school, um, a couple of years before I was there and, uh, really kind of made his impact at on campus and, uh, yeah, just pretty much kind of, Didn't really have a pitcher that I looked up to. Um, A lot of guys from a different perspective. Now it's almost um, you're kind of right there with them. So now you're looking at guys from a different perspective. You're looking at guys that are like competitors, um, more off the field stuff that has to do with it, less just this guy is a good player.
0: And um, But, yeah, so it's definitely a little different now. All right. Um, so besides being local to the area, because you grew up in Southern California, uh, what other factors went into you choosing the University of San Diego, and what was your recruiting process kind of like?
1: It was pretty interesting. Like I said, I wasn't a varsity guy until my senior year. Um, when I was a junior playing outfield, I had a couple D2 interests here and there, um, a couple D1 interests, but not, nothing major. And it wasn't until I really got into pitching that I started to have more offers, started to have more interest. But even uh, I wasn't a huge recruit. I was 85 to 88 for the most part, been up to 90 a couple times in high school. But a lot of the schools that I was talking to, uh, Oregon, um, UCR, Hawaii, the, those kind of schools where it, a lot necessarily a scholarship. And uh, I went down to USD uh, there. The hitting coach at the time, Brad Marcellino. Um, he's, he's a guy that I really appreciate and uh, look up to. And he's he's really pushed me a lot. And that was kind of one of the reasons that I went there. One of the main reasons is that he was there. And uh, And once I got to USD, that experience was awesome as
0: well. The next question I have is, in 2019 in your college career, you were virtually unhittable. I was looking up some stats, and I saw that batters were only hitting 182 against you when you came out in relief, and you only let up two homers in 48 innings. Did something change from 2018 to 2019 in your college career? Was there something different you did training, or was there a different perspective you looked at pitching? Anything like that?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um I mean, coming off my redshirt freshman year, I was looking for – for the most part, just wanted to compete, just wanted to play and, um, look to get in there at any time. And, uh, my sophomore year was pretty unsuccessful. I had, I had a good record as far as when I came into games, we tended to win, but, uh, at the end of the day, it wasn't, it wasn't at all what I was, but we didn't make a regional and we didn't have the success as a team that we wanted to. And, uh basically coming into my my junior year, my redshirt sophomore year, um I basically put aside my my statistical numbers and just focused on like hey look, I I want to be a guy that we can roll out there at least twice a weekend that I can go get us some wins, get us get us push us uh past this kind of point where we've been for the last 5 years where we've been just on the edge of the postseason um and uh sadly that part didn't work out but it um uh, my numbers went up um and then a lot of the thing i i used to pitch a little more scared of walks um i've always had some command issues in the past and that was something where i really just kind of put that aside i said you know okay you're gonna get strikeouts as well you're gonna get the big outs in the big situations and i just kind of had the confidence that i knew i was gonna be able to roll out there and compete even with my worst stuff so um I mean, in those situations, I just looked at it as uh, get myself in a good count and put guys away. It wasn't, um, wasn't focused on walks, wasn't focused on not walking up the big hit. It was just I knew that if I went out there and competed, good things happen. And uh, I owe a lot of that to the coaching staff at USD. They
0: kind of pulled that out of me. And, um, yeah, I think that's that was the biggest change. All right. So after you had that great year, you were drafted in the nineteenth round by the Seattle Mariners. What was that feeling like? Knowing that you all that hard work that you had really paid off.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean it was awesome. It was the best day and the most stressful day of my life, to be honest with you. It was it was one of those days where, um, you know, before the draft, you get you get all these questions, you get all these um, these kind of answers from certain people, but you're not really getting exactly what you're looking for uh, looking for and i didn't have an agent at the time i still don't and i was kind of going through the process on my own so asking uh asking teams what to expect was was super interesting because a lot of the time you're going to get answers that aren't necessarily coming from the people making the decisions sometimes the people that are making the decisions are persuaded differently draft day is a mess and it always um it's unpredictable you don't really know where to go so for me, it was just, I was I I, I got a couple calls throughout the day, a uh, couple big calls, a couple small calls, a um, couple offers here and there, and it was just, I, I stuck with my number, and I actually thought the Mariners were passing on me, and I was really, really happy that they did, and they were one of the teams that I really, really saw myself with and really saw myself going to, and uh, I couldn't be happier with the opportunity they've given me, and it's just one of those things where... You know, when, when you've been playing for 15 years and you've worked as hard as I know I have and you're getting told no a lot along the way, getting, getting a call that is finally a yes is, is something that I'm never,
0: and it, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. So. But how was that process going through without an agent? Was it really difficult for you or did you feel like it was kind of took a little stress off not having an agent and just doing all the decisions yourself?
1: Um, I think both. I think for me, um, not having an agent gave me a lot of power. Uh, gave me kind of my own my own responsibility with the whole thing. Uh, obviously didn't know anybody. Money after after it was all. I I I mean, I I went into it knowing that before this season started, there was a good chance I was going to be drafted, and with that in mind, I told myself I'm not gonna. It wouldn't be fair to my team. It wouldn't be fair to my coaches. It wouldn't be fair to myself if I put all my focus all the time on the draft. I've seen guys do it in college. I've seen it eat them up. I've seen them um, blow, ba- blow really bad seasons after it. Um, so I just told myself uh, from February on, as soon as I kind of put in my last questionnaire with the last team, it was I, I was done. I was going to have my meetings here and there. But at the end of the day, it was all about winning and competing and being with my brothers at the time and that was that was really my only priority and it wasn't until um late may that when our season kind of came to an end where i was sitting there with a whole lot of questions that still hadn't been answered and like that that part was pretty stressful but i i i couldn't have told myself to handle it any other way that was that was i was really happy with how i handled it i'm really proud of who i am because of it it was just i knew that my team needed me, and there was no point in focusing on something that ultimately is out of your um, – but, yeah, I mean, having an agent would have made would have made a lot of things easier, would have made a lot of things harder. So I was mm-hmm. I was happy with how it went.
0: That's, that's completely understandable. So coming out of college, you were assigned to the Everett Aqua Sox, and you're now playing for the West Virginia Power. How was the transition going from college to pro ball – and was it difficult for you to just go from one team to the next and do you think that'll be an issue for you coming up where you possibly spend a month with this team and then a couple months with this team
1: yeah i mean the the adjustment was big i think the adjustment from college to pro ball um yes there's a big talent jump because you're playing against the better team uh, the better guys from every team but at the same time it's still baseball it's not as as a pitcher hitters are gonna be a little more disciplined they're gonna do some more damage if you give them something to do damage with but i always looked at it as it's still baseball i'm still just pitching i'm still gonna compete and that's kind of my personality and i wasn't the the talent jump wasn't at all kind of a concern for me um the the adjustment in routine and the adjustment on and kind of being on your own in pro ball you have a lot of coaches that are either fresh out of the game or really only there for your support. And if you ask questions, they'll answer them, but for the most part, you're kind of on your own with uh, most of your program. Um, I was really fortunate to kind of learn my way, uh, my red trip freshman year in college where I was more or less on my own with a lot of things, uh, experimenting with a lot of things on my own, uh, as far as mechanics and some different strength and recovery stuff that I did. So I I I was lucky enough to have a pretty good base going in. Uh, when it came to switching teams midseason, when I went over to West Virginia, it was the the jump was big as far as um, in every immature hitters, not like emotionally, but like game wise, they're going to be swinging at different pitches, and once you once you get up to that next level, uh. And beyond that, every level beyond that, the hitters are going to become more disciplined. Your mistakes are going to be more flagrant. And that's basically basically the biggest jump. It's not so much a talent jump, in my opinion, but um, I'm sure once you get up to the higher levels, now there's a talent jump with that. uh, And I'm looking forward to getting there. And I'm sure that that's something that I can look forward to in the near future. But it's just one of those things where, I've never had a problem bonding with my teammates. I've never had a problem being a leader in a clubhouse that I'm not necessarily comfortable in. Um, so I I just kind of took it took it at stride and said, you know what? If you, it, the, I think the biggest adjustment was just being able to get off a plane and pitch that day. That was um, when I got called up. I was I was on a plane until from 10 p.m. to noon, and we had a game at six, and I pitched in it. And it was just one of those things where. You gotta, you gotta be adjustable. You gotta be able to make things work, and um, I think that's the biggest adjustment. If if you, if you have a good headspace and you can pull together um, some quick relationships,
0: so do you have that person? um, What was I gonna say? Do you have that person, like going from college to pro ball, that really kind of helped you out along the way, like a teammate or? A specific coach or somebody like that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: um There's a couple guys that I can think of off the top of my head. We had a we had a guy, Bryson brigman He was with the Seattle Mariners for a while. Now he's with the Miami Marlins. He came out of USD. Um, he was pretty quick to let me know that he had my back, and if I had any questions about the org, he would help me out. Um, actually, my coach in Everett, Luke Boyd, I had played with him uh, two years prior in summer ball, and he he pretty much pulled me aside the second i got in the clubhouse and told me like hey i got your back like um we're we're going through this together and you know if you have anything any questions at all like i'm here for you and uh just having guys like that and then on top of that some of the big league guys that came down and getting into spring training um i look up to dan altavia a lot uh another kind of big strong guy uh not a big tall lanky guy and he's he he kind of let me reach out to him and let me know he has my back. And if, if I have any questions about anything, I can go to him. And uh, just having leaders in the clubhouse and the impact that those guys make um, on me and so many other guys is just it makes the transition easier. It's a stressful time for everybody um, that gets that call and is finally in um, finally in the clubhouse. And it's just knowing guys have your
0: backs a huge, huge deal. So I try to do that for the younger guys as well. All right. Um, I heard you have a superstition before you go in to pitch. Can you explain kind of what your process is before you go in pitch? I'm assuming it's the gummy bears. Uh, yes.
1: I've had this thing for a long time, you know, in high school, uh, senior year. I was out, I hit two outings straight where I had a little bit of a tough time and had some gummy bears before an outing, did really well, and kind of followed me ever since then through college through pro ball um at this point it's I, I would consider it less a superstition and more of me getting my getting my head right it's just one of those things where like a lot of things I chew gum when I pitch it's not necessarily I I know I can pitch without chewing gum but I also just know that it it's just another thing that is telling my mind that hey this is this is time to compete this is time to go um you're not messing around anymore and I think that's like having those little things, like some guys, some guys. It's you put your that determines how your day is going to be, and I've always looked at it as uh, superstitions are are fragile. I, having a routine is is something that you can always fall
0: back on. So, do you just keep like gummy bears in the um, yeah in the bullpen?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I've I've had times I've had times where I've I've called fans over. Ask them to grab me a pack of gum. Uh, the family members, hey, if you could swing by the game real quick and drop something off for me. Uh, I, I, I tend to find my ways. Most of the time, I come pretty prepared. I have I have a pretty good setup that I uh, keep stocked, but you always got to watch the guys uh, Guys next to you asking for them, too, because if you hand too many out, you're going to be out for the next game. So long, long four-game series on the road, you don't want to run out. So mm-hmm. it's just one of those things, but...
0: I, I guarantee if you ever make it to the majors, that's going to be a huge thing. Is people right. are just going to be lining up to give you gummy bears. Absolutely. Right. So what would you say is the most important pitch to your game? What's the pitch that, like, if you're in a 3-2 count clutch situation, you're relying on this pitch to get you out of it?
1: I go to my slider a lot. Um, it's I, I, I would be a little more frank to say that, but... Every scouting report you're ever going to read on me is – I use it. And um, I'm not really worried about people knowing that about me. I think it's something that uh, it's good enough where you can know it's coming and I'm going to be able to do what I want with it. And it's just one of those pitches that I kind of – it was the first pitch I ever learned. I've made very little adjustments to it since I learned it my senior year in high school. And I've pretty much thrown it with confidence – any count since uh especially now i've been working on it a lot this off season as far as uh commanding it wherever i want in the zone and uh having a couple different shapes to it uh, a couple different velocities to it so tend to tend to throw a pretty hard pretty hard big slider and that's
0: that tends to be my go-to okay so speaking of that and trying to keep training and stay in shape how are you doing it during these times where gyms aren't available and you just kind of have to make do with what you got
1: yeah, I mean, I got really lucky. Um, I I have a decent property in Norco, California. I got a big shed in the backyard that I got my weight room in. Um, I'm pretty reliant on strength when I pitch. I'm pretty reliant on strength for uh, my confidence off the field. I like to I like to move a lot of weight, so not having a gym kind of presented a big obstacle for me. And I took care of it. I I went to the store bought bought everything I could need. I was fortunate enough to be able to do so. And um, I have an old batting cage that I've turned into a mound. I built a mound with my dad. um, And now that's kind of where we're working at. We got a a pretty good setup back there. Um, I got a stalker radar, which helps me out, uh, making sure I'm throwing what I need to be throwing, when I need to be throwing it. Um, Got all my plyos, got got everything I need. So uh,
0: it's pretty nice. All right. So what player... In the MLB right now, would you look at and say, I want to be exactly like that in, let's say, five years' time? Whew, that's a good question.
1: Um, I mean, I, I've always had a hard time kind of comparing myself to big leaguers uh, for the simple fact that I'm, I'm a lot different. But um, I'm a guy that's 5'10", 225. Uh, I've got my own kind of personality on the mound. I've got my own competitiveness on the mound um i look up the guys here and there i I like to see what guys are doing um but at the end of the day i think i'm kind of i think i'm my own person i think that should be really exciting for fans myself my family and just knowing that i'm going to be
0: able to get it done and be myself is that's that's my biggest thing i got you so you don't necessarily want to be compared to everyone you just want to be the first travis coon
1: yeah exactly i mean of course there's guys that i look at but I mean, to put it really simply, you look at my mechanics, how I throw, what I throw, um, my personality on the mound, and you're kind of you're pulling from so many guys, and um, a lot of the guys that I'm a cross-bodied, low arm slot kind of guy. A lot of the guys that throw five, and I think by with my frame and my ability, I think it's kind of presenting this kind of new new style, new mentality, bringing along with me, and um, for good or bad, I think I'm, I'm going to be the first of mine, and I'm comfortable with that, so.
0: All right. So, kind of speaking of that, come this year, what can we see out of you? Is there, do you believe there's going to be a jump like you did from your first year of college baseball to your second year? Do you feel that you're going to be able to have that jump again this year.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. I think uh, I try to stay away from kind of the results kind of thing. I'm kind of keeping my head down, putting the work in, and uh, I like to just look up when it's over and see where we're at. But um, I'm really happy with the work I've put in this offseason. season. I'm really happy with the jumps I've made, velo, command, um, mechanically. I think I think I'm in a really good spot, and. I mean, the longer the season takes to get going, the the better I'm going to get. And I know that I can hold myself accountable to that. Um, I'm in a really good space. Ooh. Sorry. <laughs> You're I'm, in a, I'm in a really good space mentally. Um, I'm itching I'm to get going. And I think at the end of the day, I'm going to believe in my ability, believe
0: in my confidence and, and roll with it. So I would expect big things. Okay. So I know you have to go, but I have one last question for you. Say there's that, high school kid that's watching this right now that is trying to make it to college, trying to make it D one or that college kid that's trying to make it pro ball. What advice do you have from them knowing that you've been in their shoes?
1: I think it's really simple, man. Um, When, when you feel like nobody else is believing in you, you got to make that, you got to make that statement and that confidence for yourself. Uh, There's been a lot of times I've been told no in my career. Uh, I had to transfer high schools because I was told I wasn't good enough to play at one. Um, I had to change positions because I was told I wasn't a good enough competitor to do one. Um, I was told I was cocky. I was told I didn't work hard. Um, so I've kind of shaped those things into who I am now. Am I confident? Absolutely. Do I work hard? Absolutely. And I think that's one of these things where there, that's that's what separates guys. It's not it's not the talent. Um, I could think of twenty guys that are more talented than me that never made it and never will make it. And uh, just just very simply I think you can you can make a road for yourself there's always a path and um, some paths are really really hard some paths are really really easy some guys are fortunate some guys aren't and uh, to take advantage of your situation whichever whatever way the dice roll out to be it's it i think the most important thing is find something that makes you confident and stick with it if it's if, hey, baseball's a tough game it breaks you down so if you if you look at, the guys that are really, really good and really, really consistent and can stay confident throughout a full season, a lot of the time, it has nothing to do with baseball. And um, so find that for you and uh, be yourself and don't don't be afraid to to tell a coach that you're gonna believe in yourself and you're gonna be able to make it because if you say it, you got to hold yourself accountable to it. And uh, I mean that's that's what I got.
0: All right so that's all i got for today once again huge thanks for doing this really means a lot to both me and ari who unfortunately couldn't be here but with that being said thank you guys so much for watching we appreciate you guys we'll see you next time yeah you got it appreciate you
1: having
0: me on